0: Hi, I'm James Schofield, the creator of this podcast, Behind the Bottom Line. Business isn't really about numbers, it's about people. Behind the Bottom Line is a collection of the funny, sad, and frankly weird events that I've experienced in business, and which I turned into stories for various magazines. In each episode, I tell you a little bit about the real-life background that inspired me, and then I read you the story itself. So let's find out about today's story, Turning the Tables. Turning the Tables was written for Business Spotlight in 2013. And it's about uh, a young team lead, a young manager, who's taken his team away for a team building weekend off Hiking in Wales, or um, hill walking in Wales, and he's got a problem because he thinks his team hates him. Uh, there seems to be lots of evidence uh, to point in that direction. He's uh, had to do several unpopular things, like cancel people's holidays, uh, and the company didn't then give them the uh, pay them all the money back. Uh, And so he he believes himself to be very unpopular. Um, However, the team building seems to be going quite well. They all go hiking together across the the hills. Uh, And then when they get to the hut at the end of the day, and they're just sitting down by the fire, relaxing and getting ready to cook something. And then suddenly they realise that one of their party is missing. And the team leader decides that he has to go out and look for her. And so he sets off to look for her over there, over there, in the dark, in the cold, in the rain, uh, and can't find her. And when he comes back to the hut, he looks in the window of the hut and he sees the person who he believed to be missing, Dawn, is actually in there and all sitting and laughing and having a great time without him. And at first he's kind of relieved and then he gets really furious and he decides he's going to take his revenge on the other people. Uh, And he does so and he's about to drive off and then he thinks, no, he's going to tell them exactly what he thinks about them all. And so he goes back and knocks on the door and then, well, you better listen to the story. Stylistically, turning the tables is a little bit unusual for me. Um, because, first of all, I did it all in the present tense, um, which I have done on a a couple of other times, Um, and the nice thing about using the present tense uh, throughout the story is that it uh, makes it seem more immediate to the reader, so they feel that they're actually in the story, so to speak. Um, The other thing which I hadn't done before and haven't done since, not because it didn't work, I don't think, in this story, but just simply because... um, uh, I didn't feel the need to try it again. Was using um, what's called second person fiction. So, you uh, sentences all the time. So, for example, the first sentence goes, uh, They didn't tell you about this when you did your MBA, nothing at all. They told you how you could motivate your staff. They told you how you could deal with difficult employees, etc., etc. So, the whole time I'm using this you form. Um, and it was really just, I wanted to see what it was like uh, trying to write a story in this way. In terms of the content, um, one of the uh, one there are a couple of isu- things here which I've observed uh, in my time in business, um, and one is the mistake that companies often make in picking the best performing employee from a team and making him or her the manager of that team. And very often, this is because I think the companies. They want to reward the person who's, who's done a good job um, and they can't think of anything more imaginative than just making that person the head of that team. Um, and in my view, this is often a mistake. So I've done worked quite a lot also as a business coach and time and again, I've had um, young team leads coming to me. Uh, in incredible frustration because they've been part of a team they've suddenly made the head of that team uh, and then they find that everything is different everything has changed uh, and they don't know how to deal with it and um i think this is something that um human resources departments don't properly think through um and it's it's not really uh, it's not a good idea in general the other thing which I I've seen quite a lot is um, uh, overconfidence in the value of an MBA in helping you uh, lead a team and an MBA I'm not questioning the value of it in uh, uh, for lots of things but in team leadership I have my doubts sometimes um, because I don't think an MBA says anything about somebody's leadership qualities and therefore I think companies which think okay person x has got an MBA. yes they'll make a great team lead i think they're making a mistake i'm sending the group off to wales uh, and that is from is a kind of little personal joke for me uh, i've been to wales about five times every time it has poured with rain um, i'm sure it's a beautiful country i've just never seen it because i've been trapped in a cloud uh, permanently Um, and i've had to do this walking across um, the brecon beacons which is in south wales uh, in the rain in the cold in the wet and it was a form of torture uh, which i wouldn't want to repeat and certainly um, this team i think probably felt like that as well in general i think team building activities are a good thing usually companies combine uh, half a day of some sort of activity and half a day of input on strategy and um, establishing the the team's mission or vision or goals Um, and that part is probably a complete waste of time but there's a lot of research which shows that the activities themselves are very very helpful for a team in bonding. Um, and helping the team then in future to overcome difficulties together if they've shared experiences, whether it's walking across our wet and windy hills or whether it's uh, going around a museum or whether it's uh, going underground in the and looking at the sewers. Um, any kind of activity which is a little bit out of the ordinary for a, a group of people serves as something that they can refer to in the future and so it's a good idea having yeah having said all this the story actually sounds a bit gloomy but I don't think it is actually at the end I think uh, I hope you'll find that you find it quite funny the build-up sounds a bit miserable uh, but I think there's a funny little twist to the end so that's enough introduction let's now turn to the story Turning the tables. They didn't tell you about this when you did your MBA. Nothing at all. They told you how you could motivate your staff. They told you how you could deal with difficult employees. They told you how to let people go with respect. But they didn't tell you how to deal with a team that hates you. Not at all. Here you are, climbing a mountain all alone. Okay, it isn't a mountain. It's a really, really big hill in Wales. But you're from London, and hills are not normally something you have to worry about. It's raining now, and there's a freezing wind. You've already walked for ten hours today, and here you are again. You're exhausted, and you can hardly see your feet because it's nearly dark. And you know that if you slip and fall here, you won't get up again. And none of the people in the hut that you're heading towards will lift a finger to help you. Not one finger. And you ask yourself the same question that you've asked a thousand times already. How did it come to this? You were made team leader a year ago. Your dream, what you'd worked so hard for. And everybody was pleased for you. You were going to be the one who did things differently. You'd been part of the team. You knew how it worked. They were your friends. But then there was that problem in August, when you had to cancel five people's holidays at the last minute because of the new advertising campaign your team had to create. You had asked that money be paid to those staff who had to cancel flights or hotel bookings, but the bosses gave only a part of what employees had lost. And Dawn, who started in the company, on the same day as you, said that she couldn't afford to fly to Australia to visit her mum. You said you were really sorry but there was nothing you could do. And then she burst into tears and told you her mum had cancer in front of everybody. Even though you lent her some of your own money to fly over there later, the damage had been done. Then bad things started to happen. There was the incorrect information someone gave you for your important presentation. And Trevor, the head of finance, spotted the mistake. You look like an idiot. And when you checked the information three times before the next meeting, the human resources manager said you should relax and empower your staff. You had to pretend that what he said was helpful. He would have given you a black mark on your personnel file. Worst of all, your biggest client took his business to a rival advertising company, just at the time when one of your best people left to join this rival. If you hadn't won an airline company as a new client, you and your team would have been toast. But nobody ever thanked you or said anything nice about it. They hate you too much. And now this. Of course, you could say it's your own fault. You suggested this team-building trip to Wales, even though it was the weekend of your birthday you thought you'd make one last effort to mend fences but it hasn't been a success you can feel they're plotting something and that it isn't good you noticed it in their body language last week the way they stopped talking when you came into the cafeteria the way they waited for you to leave the room when you were present and the way they went to the pub after work without you something bad's going to happen you drove to Wales in three cars. Nobody wanted to drive with you. You parked outside a little hut in the middle of nowhere and earlier the next morning you started walking across the hills. Everyone seemed to be feeling pretty good until you were all sitting around the fire in the hut that evening, just about to start preparing the dinner and somebody said, where's Dawn? You looked around and realised she was missing. So then there was a big discussion, and finally you said you would go back to look for her because nobody else volunteered. That was an hour ago. You're nearly back at the hut now, but you haven't found Dawn. She's lost somewhere on the hills in the dark, probably dead, and everybody will blame you for organising this trip. You reach the door, and you're just about to go in when you look through the window. They're getting the food ready, setting the table, drinking and laughing. And there... In the middle is Dawn. Dawn! She's not dead. This was just a stupid joke and for a moment your relief makes you feel dizzy. But then you're angry. Really angry. You walk to your car, get a hammer and a screwdriver and you make holes in the tyres of the two other cars. You're almost ready to drive away, but before you do, you want to tell them what you think of them, what you really think. You go back to the door. It's locked, so you kick it hard a few times, and somebody tells you to wait. Then the door is thrown open, but the room is completely dark. You step inside, the light suddenly goes on, and you stand still, surrounded by these people who hate you. Surprise! they shout. Surprise! Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear. They sing. Dawn walks forward. She's carrying a lovely cake with 30 candles on it. The group sits you down, put a drink in your hand and somebody shouts, Speech! Speech! And you think, now what do I say? I hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Bottom Line. Why don't you subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode? And please tell your friends and write a review so that other people can find out about Behind the Bottom Line. Take care until next time. Bye-bye.